armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? Rum and Cokes? Do you have any idea how important you this is? You have any idea? Really? This is you what you're doing? This is what you're doing? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. Listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. And simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. And I don't know, I'm back again. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Joey's Bulls lost to the Nets, and they don't have anybody on that squad. What the hell, Joey? Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Good afternoon. Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? It's Super Bowl Friday. It's a good feel. It's a feel-good Friday. It's Super Bowl Eve Eve. We're ready to roll here. You know, I, Joey and I joke around about this, but I've told him time and time again, quit betting on the NBA. You can't win. You cannot. It's a sucker's bet. The NBA is an absolute sucker's bet. Last night, the Bulls go and take on the Nets, and they lose. This is a Nets team that hasn't gotten the majority of their players in uh, via trade. They're all still in transit. The NBA is a sucker's bet. I've I've done I've been doing this for way too long, and I'm telling you right now, the way you make your your cash. If, if you want to bet basketball, stick with college. If you want to. If you want to bet outside of that, be very cautious when you bet the NFL. You can make a little more money betting at, uh, college football. In Major League Baseball, you, you can make some money. So the way I rank it, it's, it's baseball, probably college basketball, and then after that, it's college football in the NFL. It is an absolute waste of time and money to bet the NBA. You never know who's going to play. <laughs> Speaking of that, what's trending now, Luka Doncic is out versus the Kings tonight. This is the constant thing in the NBA. If you're ever going to bet the NBA, I suggest money lines and in the playoffs. I do not suggest anything prior to the bus because you don't know who's going to play, how hard they're going to play. So they're going to load manage and not play at all, or they're going to load manage and they are going to play, but they're just not going to play very hard. It's a sucker's bet. And that is what it is. And if, if you continue to bet it, you're a sucker. 
And I know very, very few people who have ever had success with NBA betting long-term. Yeah. You, yeah. You can get lucky here and there. You can get on a hot streak. You get a better chance of making money off of horse betting horse races. And I'm talking about betting horses from around the globe that you're, you're not very familiar with the horses on. Cause at least there, there there's things that, that you can read up on. It's never interested me, but I, but I've listened to a lot of folks that have laid out how you can make it, how you can make money in horse, horse racing. I just, I've never been able to, I've never even been able to even, uh, the only thing I ever bet on was like the Kentucky Derby. And I'll bet like a couple of bucks on, on a long shot and just have fun for that two minutes. But other than that, telling you right now, and I'm not even going to go say, go, go to where everyone wants to go where they say, Oh, the NBA is rigged. It's not rigged, but you're playing in a rigged deck because what you've got going on is you've got guys who are trying to prolong their career. This isn't 25, 30 years ago where guys were out there for their legacy. They're out there to play as long as they can, stay as healthy as they can, and until something changes in the NBA where, where it becomes more important for the fan, I think, I think you waste your time watching the NBA during the regular season, but you definitely waste your money betting the NBA. Now, if you want to go down that road, I'll tell you right now, I, you, I've known folks that have made a lot more money on betting in the NHL. Now, I don't know it is, I don't know it well enough when, when it comes to the Stanley cup playoffs, that's usually when I'll dabble in a little bit because it's a little easier to hedge your bets, but I always lean on folks that know a lot more than I do when it comes to hockey. But the NBA is an absolute farce. Okay, we are getting ready to roll here and got a bunch of stuff to get into and a little time to I don't know if you paid attention to it last night, but women's college softball came back. And that was a cool thing. I sat down and, and watched the doubleheader of the Lady Knowles. They uh, won both of them. Well, that's actually a lie. I caught the tail end of the first game and then I watched the second game. And they they won the doubleheader. The the second game against Lips Lipscomb was a really good game. But you've got that going on. And then you got men's college baseball starting up for most teams tonight. Now, most teams right now, we're looking at basically they're just getting their feet wet. So I'll lay out for you what the games were today. And it's kind of funny because most of the scores have not been updated because that's how little coverage that men's college baseball get. But we're going to try to give it more of a of a limelight here, especially with so many teams in the South that are very good. If you're trying to do something with your college baseball career, you, you normally come South. And games of interest that were going on today now, I do not see it updated, so I'll see if I can get a scoreboard update. But Georgia was playing Jacksonville State. It just got going, and that game is being played in Athens. You got a bunch of games all around the SEC and ACC trying to find where Georgia Tech is right now. I want to say they played this. No, they, they play at 4 o'clock, and uh, that is not on – 
major cable either, but it's, it is uh, in Atlanta. They're playing Miami of Ohio. Most teams are playing a two to three game series, depending this weekend, five o'clock, you got Florida state at home against James Madison. And you'll notice there's very, very few teams that are playing big boys, so to speak. These are usually, it's almost like opening weekend for college football. Now there are some invitationals and whatnot going on. There's a cool uh, desert invitational where six o'clock tonight, you get Michigan versus Michigan state. Michigan has had some good teams over the years. Michigan state, not so much, but that should be a, a fun little show down there. Uh, any other, see Florida plays Charles Charleston Southern. That game is on sec network plus tonight. So it, it will not be on, on, on a major TV. It'll, it will also be on the plus, uh, same thing for Miami. They're ranked number 22 in the country. Florida's ranked number seven, by the way, Miami is at home against Penn state. I do not see Florida state being ranked. Let me see where Georgia is. I believe I saw, yeah, they're, they're not ranked in this poll, but they were ranked in another poll and Georgia tech, uh, the same, they are not ranked in the ESPN poll, but we'll try to keep you abreast of what's going on. Number one in the country right now is LSU. No surprise there. And they play Western Michigan tonight. The Tennessee Volunteers, for you Tennessee fans out there, number two in the country. They're at the MLB uh, Desert Invitational. I believe that's on MLB Network now. I unfortunately have YouTube TV, and they just recently cut MLB Network. So I'm going to see if I can find it elsewhere. I think I can. I think you can possibly get it on the MLB.TV app. And. Outside of that, you've got a number 17 UCLA is in action tonight against Omaha. Number three, Stanford's at Cal State Fullerton. Two very good baseball programs. And so that kind of gives you an idea of what's going on in major college baseball across the board. And, of course, there will be games tomorrow. And typically, you can catch most of these games either on the plus or on your local cable networks, you know, wherever you're at. Um, I can't imagine that you're going to have two. Well, there's, yeah, there's actually a decent, there's about a dozen or so games on Sunday as well. I, I thought they might cut it short because of the of Super Bowl Sunday, but it looks like they're, most of them are playing. Now here's a strange one. The MLB Desert Invitational is playing some games during the Super Bowl. They've had a doubleheader during the Super Bowl. I don't know how wise that is, but outside of that, should be some good college baseball action. And you'll see them really start to rev up in a few weeks. And uh of of course the the South is very dominant in women's college softball as well. So we'll try to keep you abreast of what's going on with, with all of that. And the real quick, as far as what's going on in the South, in the softball world, Georgia is ranked number 13 in the country. They trail Boise state at home today. It's a four to one in the third. See if we got any other games of note around the South and Southeast. Uh, number four, Florida State will host Purdue tonight. And 
see what, what else we have here as far as ranked teams or teams in the Southeastern Conference. Looks like Auburn is up on St. John's in the fifth, and you got Kentucky and Louisville, good little rivalry there. Wildcats lead the Cardinals 5 nothing in the fifth, and that's about it that's as far as going on right now. But you got a lot of games, and men's college baseball, women's college softball, it's back in action. Now, obviously, there's so many things going on in the, the major sports. We, ne we can never have a chance to really dive in to each individual sport, but we will try to keep you abreast of what's going on because I feel like, especially in the Southeast, obviously college football is king, but outside of that, you you get the interest in men's college baseball, uh, excuse me, in men's college basketball, and obviously we, we've got the, the tournaments coming up for that. Then outside of that, I feel like the main interest and it really depends on your school. What, which one are they good at? Real right, but the main interest ends up being baseball and in women's softball, and then there at the very bottom ends up being women's basketball. Now I follow it a little more than most because I lived in an area at one point in my life. I was living in Middle Tennessee, and I was surrounded by Lady Vol fans. They, they kind of got me to follow that program, but they're not as dominant as they once were. And when you're not living in the area, it's, it's kind of hard to get into because I don't know anyone down, down South here that, that really follows women's college hoops. But I would say if you probably live in South Carolina, there's probably a good chance that there's a big interest there. It really comes down to the problem with women's college hoops is they've, they've closed the gap a little bit, but essentially every year it's like four, maybe five teams have a real chance of winning the tournament and that's just no way to play a sport it makes it really dull softball has has closed the gap quite a bit and i think that's why there's so much of an interest now men's college baseball is always wide open when, when the playoffs begin and of course we all know march madness final four forget about it all right let's go ahead and uh take a really quick break when we come back Bobby's going to join us, and we are going to dive in to the Super Bowl. We're also going to find out what the heck is going on with these Cardinals. They don't even have a freaking – Arizona's hosting the Super Bowl. They don't even have a head coach. We'll be back in a flash here on WQEE 99.1 FM, Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Someone asked me one time, have you ever been in the WNBA? I'm like, no. Nobody cares about the WNBA. <laughs> they don't. Sorry. Perfect example. Brittany Griner, WNBA superstar, currently in a Russian prison. If that were LeBron James, we would have sent SEAL Team 6, Jason Bourne, and three Girl Scouts for an extraction. It's time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named Best New Cruise Destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit MSC mscruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery. Wendy's only makes one kind of breakfast, your new favorite one. How do we do it? With fresh cracked eggs, oven-baked bacon, and flaky croissants. You know, the things your old breakfast wasn't doing. So toss that old news and its soggy eggs somewhere useful. 
and get to Wendy's. A sausage, egg, and Swiss croissant, bacon, egg, and Swiss croissant, and honey butter chicken biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only. Single item at regular price. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jalen Jennings. Just the start of things. First quarter at the gate of Bowl in Jacksonville. And Walker sticks to the right. Gets outside. The 35. Look out. He's past midfield and he's got a blocker. Cuts to the inside. Herschel Walker. There he goes again. Straight up the middle. Touchdown. Delayed reaction, but Tebow got in. Oh, jump pass. How about that? Oh, my gosh! That looks like 1955. Holy cow! Are you kidding me? Armchair. SEC! SEC! Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. I... One of Barney's best friends. I, one of Barney's best friends. Promise never to interfere with his personal life again. Promise never to interfere with his personal life again. Unless it's an issue of health, national security, or he's about to get up on a fatty. Unless it's an issue of health, national security, or he's about to get up on a fatty. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American man. Welcome back. As Bobby joins us. Bobby's still trying to master the email. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. How about you? Good. You know, I don't know what it is, man, but so much of this stuff ends up in junk and spam. And I, I've just gotten used to it over the years. That you just have to, before I even go, I can't find it. I go, hold on. Mm-hmm. You go look in the spam and junk. It's 99 <laughs> times out of 100. Usually once you start getting it from people, that it doesn't go, but they're just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know what what uh, causes all that kind of stuff. I know I send a lot of things to spam and junk. <laughs> Sometimes I have to get, did I accidentally hit, hit somebody to, to spam or junk? If you more than two emails trying to sell me something that you're, you're heading to spam. I guarantee yeah. that. What is going on with the Arizona Cardinals, man? Well, I wouldn't get any expectations that we're going to have anyone before the Super Bowl. Um, it's well, yeah, been reported that their feet, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty much confirmed now that it won't be until after the Super Bowl that we have a coach. A lot of reporters are are indicating that. Um, it's down to two finalists now. It won't be Brian Flores. He went to the Vikings, so he's out of the running. It's now down to uh, the Giants' offensive coordinator Mike Kafka or the Bengals' defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Um, both, I think, are quality candidates. So you don't think they're going after anyone that's currently in the in the uh, Super Bowl? No, no, it's been narrowed down to those two finalists. Those are the only so last two to get second interviews. What's up? What are they dragging their feet about? I figured that they were waiting to interview someone after the Super Bowl. Well, I think they they were going all in on Sean Payton, or they had Dan Quinn. He was that was in their sights at first, and then Dan Quinn pulled his name out of the hat. So uh, we pivoted to Sean Payton. That fell through. So now we're down to two candidates. Oh, it was three, but um, but uh, Brian Flores he went to the Vikings, so he's now out of it. And now it's down to just two: Kafka and Anarumo. 
So absolutely nobody wants to coach the the Cardinals is what it sounds like. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> say that, but not a lot of people do. Your heart of hearts, which which of those two do you want? I like Anarumo a lot. Uh, I think he's done a fantastic job with the Bengals defense, a defense that doesn't have nearly as much talent as the offensive side of the ball does for the Bengals. Um, I think he's done a spectacular job at game planning. Um, if he can bring a good offensive coordinator along with him, I'd be very happy with the hire. It seems like that what they really need is to end up with, with an offensive mind. Mm. Um, I, I agree with you. What, what's been done with that Cincinnati defense. I think the difference is the Cincinnati defense. It feels like his defense, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Was Kafka from coming from the Giants would almost feel like he's just basically riding the coattails of Brian Dable. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at the same token, you'd have a guy who saw how to fix Daniel Jones. I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think if I'm a Cardinals fan, I, I, I would want someone who can fix Kyler Murray, unless mm-hmm. you're just assuming that it's over and you're going to build defense and you're probably not going to be successful trading, but you're just going to write out his contract. A priority is making sure Kyler gets back to playing like he was when he was at his best. Um, And I I think Kafka has a good shot of bringing that out of him. Um, He did call the plays in New York. That made me feel a lot better about him being a finalist. It wasn't Dabble calling the plays. So I'd give Kafka a lot of credit on uh, that aspect. Um, but ultimately for me, what it comes down to, I like both candidates a lot. A big part of it is how good of a staff can they build? How good are the coordinators that they're going to bring along? How good are they? If one of them is, you know, has better coordinators that they can bring along, I'd rather go with that one. One thing I'll say about Dable is he's been very impressive across the board. Mm-hmm. And if you get a guy who maybe learned something from him, right. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he obviously he he wins NFL coach of the year. And a lot of these awards, I don't really put a lot of weight into, mm-hmm. but that one to me means a little more than most of them. And I think, and I think it was appropriate. The day bowl was actually the one that won it. There was talks here down here that uh, maybe Doug Peterson, I, look, I think Peterson did a fine job, but what day did to get that giants team into the playoffs is, I mean, it's, it's right up there with curing cancer. It's like, how, how the hell did he do that? I really do not believe that the Giants should be re-signing Daniel Jones. I feel like that they should be saving their money, maybe hitting a, a cheaper free agent and build through the draft. But I think they will sign Daniel Jones. And I, I just think, it, is he worth four for 160? So 40 of your 40 million of your cap every year is going to go to Daniel Jones. I just don't buy it. I get he was a serviceable quarterback this year, but I think think you said it perfectly serviceable. Yeah. He's serviceable. Not not much more. And, you know, we saw what what Dable did. Granted, he wasn't the coach in Buffalo, but he was the offensive coordinator when Josh Allen took the leap he did. So if they can go out and and through the draft or something and get a quarterback that they can develop with Dable, um, I, I, you know, the sky's the limit with that offense. That's kind of my point. Now, look, I, I know they don't have a high enough draft pick where it may be a thing this year, but 
I mean, there's a couple of names that I think, and the first one that comes off top of my head that could drop that drop to him if he wants to take a risk, maybe in the first round, maybe second round, a guy like Hendon Hooker, right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be rehabbing. But that just means that you don't sign Jones. You let Jones walk and you go, I mean, maybe just go right right across to, to the other locker room and sign Mike White for a short deal, right? Mm-hmm. And, get, and give him a chance to see what he can do with the Giants while you develop someone like Hooker. Yeah. I just, man, I just, I'm, I'm not sold on Jones. I think, I think he's got a lot of talent, but I'm not sold that he's ever going to be the field general that's worth that big of, of a percentage of your salary cap. And that's Absolutely. the thing. It was mm-hmm. fine to have Daniel Jones as your quarterback the last few years because you could build elsewhere. But once you have to start paying him, Man, make someone else pay him. Mm-hmm. Let the there's really someone de- out there that'll pay him. There's yeah, no doubt about it. Someone will. Really desperate and stupid out there. Um, Let the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go on them back that up. That makes sense. If the Raiders whiff on Rodgers, they might do it. Oh yeah, can you imagine that disaster? <laughs> Daniel Jones goes to the Raiders. Oh my word, Dante Adams will be just dragged across Twitter. <laughs> yeah i do believe they're gonna resign him i, I just don't think the Giants should i just really yeah. the guy man that you just you let him dry up you just go you know what i'm gonna take my chance i'm gonna take i'm gonna find a, a lower end free agent mm-hmm. it's just gonna be a stopgap. i'm gonna draft someone this year and he may not even be my guy but i gotta be able to go in to the ownership and say look We've got to take a step backwards if we're ever going to take the giant step forward. Mm-hmm. And if we re-sign Daniel Jones, what you're doing is you're giving me a ceiling of wild card, best case scenario, and probably a first round exit most most of the time. Yeah, I'm with you. And you know, I can support signing Daniel Jones back, but tying him down for four years would be a terrible move. And Dale Jones cannot be the quarterback competing in the Big Apple when he's going to have to go up against Jalen Hurts and those Eagles and Dak Prescott in that loaded Cowboy roster and then whatever heck, whatever the heck, uh, Snyder's commanders or whatever, whatever he decides to call them next year. I still think that that is a firing that should have happened with with Rivera, mm-hmm. and I think it's coming next year. So yeah. the only good news is you're probably going to have Taylor Heineke at quarterback again this coming year. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sam Howell becomes the guy. Well, he had a solid game to end the season. So who knows? Sam Howell could end up being, if he progresses, he could make it where Daniel Jones is the worst quarterback in the division. That's possible. That's possible. I don't want to pile on Daniel Jones too much. I still think he is a serviceable quarterback. He's but solid, but he's not. He's, yeah. But in that division, it's it's you're going to need a good quarterback. It's just like I wouldn't get. I wouldn't load back up the truck and give a forty million for because that's what is essentially what they're saying. A lot of these guys are going to be looking for is four years, 
40 million for the not 40 per so 160 for the non top cream of the crop quarterbacks right mm-hmm. it's not just him i wouldn't give that to i wouldn't give it to geno smith mm-hmm. i mean i'm looking at if i if i sign a geno smith or a daniel jones type in free agency man i want to pay you about half that to be mm-hmm. honest with yeah, I probably just want to give you a three-year deal, and I probably only want two of them guaranteed. Because oh, yeah, tying, tying a quarterback like that down for four years, it's just it's way too risky. You could be putting your team in a big hole for for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's, especially Geno, because mm-hmm. I mean he's damn near sixty anyways. <laughs> You're just gonna lock him down to. And not everyone's gonna be playing till they're forty-five. Just because, just because. If you saw the underwear ad, not everybody is Tom Brady. Okay. That's all I got to say, I didn't look like that when I was 20. I'm not going to look like that when I was 45. Not everybody is Tom Brady. It's just like when the many women that I've known that have, you know, you know they'll beat themselves up because they don't look like a certain mom. Like, Get over it. Nobody looks that way. That's why no. they're special. That's why they make all the money. There it is. Yep. I just, I've seen all these, all these, um, what, what's, what's the PC term they're using? The plus size models. Mm, yeah. That are that body are positive here and there. When is that my turn? <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to let plus size models for guys? That hasn't become a thing yet. Has <laughs> now all the you guys. Start have, a movement. Yeah. All the, all the guys still have to go, um, with uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, you know, six pack abs and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm seeing a lot of women just let themselves go and they go, "We'll sign you to a deal." When is it my turn? Let's get the movement started. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and uh, dive into look. The Super Bowl is here. This is one of the more. This is one of the duller Super Bowls that I can remember. And it's not that I don't think it's going to be a good game. It's just the week leading up. There's usually a bunch of stuff. Like the only thing that really has happened this entire two-week period is that you could say was Arizona Super Bowl related was that KD got traded to the Suns. <laughs> That's like the most yeah. exciting thing. Yeah. Maybe because Michael Irvin did whatever the heck he did. I'm still understanding quite understand what he did but he did something to get himself sent home from nfl network and now he's turning around trying to to sue the i don't the employee and the hotel hmm. did you see this? i didn't hear about that no yeah, yeah, yeah. No. he's coming out with a hundred million dollar lawsuit for defamation of character Jeez. for the employee and the hotel even though Evidently, sometime this week, he went on a podcast. I don't remember which podcast it was, but he went on a podcast and admitted that he had had several cocktails and doesn't really remember what happened. And there's video of him of him having some kind of interaction with the employee that said that he's he's supposedly he said something inappropriate. That's all I know. Well, his lawyer's probably not too happy about him uh, saying that on the podcast. No, you're uh, he's. He, According to him, his memory's fuzzy. So I'm like, oh, how are you? 
you're he's not gonna i think i think all that was done for uh showmanship right Mm -hmm. he's he he doesn't have a leg to stand on with that but i mean the thing is they weren't firing him they were just sending him home Mm. it's not that bad could have been a lot worse yeah if you just go home and shut up everyone will forget about it Mm -hmm. by next week everyone's gonna be laughing at the xfl and they will have forgotten everything but you go and bring out this lawsuit next thing you know there's all kinds (laughs) of clickbait and everyone else has got to come up with reasons to to watch this Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl this week. The buzz to me just isn't where it normally is. And it's strange because these are actually two really good teams. Mm-hmm. It's not like we ended up with the Giants playing like the Titans, yeah. right? Two two crummy teams back in their way into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We we ended up with the two one seeds. Yeah, I think that's just the problem of having two weeks between the conference championship and the Super Bowl, and I understand why they do it, but with the rest of the playoffs, you know, boom, 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 all the rounds one after another every weekend, and, you know, that excitement continues throughout the week. But whenever you get two weeks in between, you know, the AFC championship, NFC championship, and then the Super Bowl, I think you start to kind of lose track of uh, what's happening. I think the biggest problem is there's not that storyline that everybody cares about. That too, yeah. If the 49ers had won, you'd have the whole revenge storyline, 49ers trying to get oh, back. Oh, yeah, exactly. So that, that would have made a lot of sense. I also feel like that mm-hmm. the 49ers have enough guys on their roster that would be giving you enough. The problem is not, yeah. not one of these teams are really giving any anyone any kind of uh, you know bulletin board material, right? Mm-hmm. I think of all the options we could have had, and I think that's why one of the reasons why I'm a little bored with this one. If it would have been 49ers and Bengals, oh, both sides talk a lot of smack. It would have been fun. You'd have Eli Apple and Jimmy Ward chirping at each other on the media. That'd be great. You're trying to tell me Joe Burrow wouldn't be talking some smack? (laughs) He might even get on that. Yeah, and we would finally get to see if Brock Purdy has a personality because I feel like he hasn't been interviewed very much. If we would have ended up like the Bills and that whole storyline. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. We ended up with two teams that are just they're they're just two good teams that really as good as as great as Patrick Mahomes is, he's kind of dull. Yeah. On the field, he's pretty excited. He, yeah, he's yeah. pretty exciting on the sidelines and stuff. That's where his character dull. Yeah, where his character mostly comes out on the sidelines when he's firing up his teammates, the mic'd up moments and stuff, but he's just a the, really dull frog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, I is I'm telling you right now. I tell you what, his dad though, his dad's a character. Do you see the clip of him after the AFC championship? Uh no, I didn't. Pat Mahomes Senior. You ought to look it up. He's funny. He's a funny dude. Oh yeah, I I remember Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes was a really good pitcher for a mm-hmm. long time in Major League Baseball. Well, he's funny too. He was hilarious after the AFC championship. I've game. seen him in. He, I've seen him in interviews, but I haven't seen mm-hmm. a particular one that you're referring to. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he's been around for quite some time. And when his son first hit, hit the scene, he, he was all over MLB Network all the time. They were interviewing him. Mm-hmm. So he's. Uh, but the. You know the other part of it is too, the brothers Kelsey. You'd think this would be a little more exciting. Well, they're, well, they're not even talking smack to each other, 
right? Well, they both already won a Super Bowl too. They kind of have that. They have that hardware already. There's no. Yeah, I mean, I want to smack talk. (laughs) I want to say, hey, man, this is for the this is for the bragging rights in the family. Mm -hmm. This is the rubber match because somebody gets a second. Not to mention, whoever wins this will always be able to lord it over his brother because the chances Mm -hmm. of meeting again in the Super Bowl are very, very slim, right? Yeah. And the teams themselves, and I don't think we're going to get the exciting. Uh, shootout that a lot of people are betting on. I really don't think it's going to be that. I think you're going to see two very good defenses play with chips on their shoulder. And I think that's going to be more of the storyline of the of Super Bowl 57. We have to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of those Super Bowl prop bets. Keep it locked in here on the key in Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. It's Bobby and McGee taking you all the way to the top of the hour. Hey, sports fans. The Key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves country, the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League, and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE, The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. It's the best in sports and entertainment, and get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Here's good news. There's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile. Right now, get a $99 new patient special, including x-rays and exam. Maybe you're looking for veneers. Most Valuable Smiles veneer special includes one free veneer with every five purchased. Or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive $100 off Zoom whitening treatment when you book today. And don't forget that 2022 is almost over. That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com. McLovin? McLovin? What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What, are you trying to be an Irish R&B singer? Oh, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin. 
Yeah, it was between that and Muhammad. Why would it be between that and Muhammad? Why don't you just pick a common name like a normal person? Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a book for once. Fogel, have you ever actually met anyone named Muhammad? Have you actually ever met anyone named McLevin? You look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. What? What name? What name? Who are you, Seal? I am McLovin. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Oh, baby! We are just 48 days away from opening day. Caribbean Series Championship game is tonight. I was thinking about calling the game, but I've got something that came up. I've got some on my honeydew list. i got to get ready for the Super Bowl, so that ain't going to happen. But I, I am planning on doing some WBC games. It's going to be Dominican Republic versus Venezuela. Really good matchup. So if you get a chance to check that out, believe the only way to get it is one of those extra streaming apps. I don't think it's on uh, regular primetime TV. But that's not going to stop us talk about the Super Bowl, so let's go on. Uh <laughs> I'd, I'd be more inclined to have to have uh, try to make it happen tonight with the broadcast if Acuna was playing for Venezuela, but he left because of the way the fans treated his family in the stands. So Acuna is going to be in the WBC, though. We look forward to that. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the Super Bowl prop bets. By the way, the line's still at one and a half. It really is amazing to me that the line has not moved either, you know, up or down. Mm-hmm. Really strange. And I wonder if it's going to stay at one and a half or if we're going to see a big surge on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, there'll probably be some more bets coming in. I don't know if it'll be enough to sway the line with how steady it's been, but we'll see. I think if it does, it's going to go towards the Eagles. Mm. I think what you'll get more than anything else is you're going to get the Sharps taking the Chiefs and the mm-hmm. points or the Chiefs on the money line, which right now most books have them at an even, whereas if you take the Eagles on the money line, it's a minus 120. Mm-hmm. And that's strange because usually minus one and a half, the the money line is usually not as low as 120. It's usually minus 130, 135, and that tells me the book wants you to bet the Eagles. They are trying to tempt you to to grab the Eagles. And it's a little strange. There's so many. Right now, the money is about even, and the sharp money is about even. But come Super Bowl Sunday, there's always a big push one way or the other. I suspect it's going to be towards Patrick Mahomes and company because it's going to be such a close game. If someone's going to give you points in your pocket, it's kind of hard to, to turn away on that. Mm-hmm. all right looking at the prop bets now we'll do a lot more of this on on the sunday show we'll be here on braves country hd sunday 1 p.m to 3 p.m and we're going to do our locks and all that kind of stuff for the actual super bowl but want to take a look at some of these prop bets in the super bowl and you got any that have grabbed your eye so far yeah, I'm looking at uh, – I like uh, Isaiah Pacheco over 16.5 receiving yards. I believe he had in the 90s. I can't remember the exact number, but I believe he had somewhere in the 90s last week. 
Um, he had a huge game. Uh, I think I guess they're just going to use him more in the passing game, trying to open it up, get some, uh, get him coming out of the backfield, catching some passes. I could see him doing that in the Super Bowl as well, especially against a good front seven in the Eagles. I'm looking for a Super Bowl MVP. <clears throat> I'll tell you another strange thing is that now the book I'm looking at right now is about even. Hertz is plus 130 for MVP. Mahomes is plus 135, but a lot of the books has Mahomes as the favorite for Super Bowl MVP, but has the Chiefs as the underdog. I can see that. Oh, if, yeah, I guess that's, that's one way to look at it. But also, I think there's some guys on the Eagles' offense that can steal the the shine from Hurts. Um, you know, if A.J. Brown, if he catches, if he goes for 100 yards, eight catches and a couple touchdowns or something, he could steal it away from him. I mean, Cup got it last year with 92 yards. He didn't even lead the game in receiving yards, and he won Super Bowl MVP. So I think it's possible that A.J. Brown or, or Devontae Smith even comes in and steals it away. Now, Devontae Smith is interesting because if he could do it, he's plus 2,800 right now at MVP. Mm. I like that value. I wouldn't put a ton of money on it, but there's potential for it to happen. He's had huge gains. Yeah, I like that value. I I think it's a solid value with uh, Travis Kelsey. He's plus 1,200. Mm. A.J. Brown's a little in the middle. A.J. Brown's plus 1,800. I think if I was going to put one or the other on, I would I would bet on Devontae before I bet on A.J. Brown just because you're getting a much better value on it. Mm-hmm. And... The one I don't like, Miles Sanders plus twenty eight hundred. I just I don't think they, they they tend to abandon him at all costs near the goal line. So for him mm-hmm. to score, he's got to score from far out. Yeah, and he'll have to do it a couple times, most likely. Right. It it, it seems like he always gets vultured. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- where's Gainwell at? I think I would rather take a a dart throw a Gainwell. Mm-hmm. I don't see him on this board. They might have taken him off. He he was on here earlier in the mm-hmm. in the week. So someone must have put some hay on him. They said, no, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh Boston Scott's plus fifteen thousand. Plus fifteen thousand, wow. <clears throat> I just feel like if you're gonna do that, you're kind of throwing your money down the toilet. Yeah. At that point. It's just like the Frank Clark plus twelve thousand five hundred. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there now, now? Here's an interesting one. Considering the fact that we know that Jalen Hurts has a has a bum shoulder, what if Chris Jones sits on his shoulder in the first few get, few minutes of the game, and they get the old bums rush treatment, just like they gave Brock Purdy, and he he has to come out of the game. Gardner Minshew is plus twelve thousand five hundred. The stars would have to align for that one. And, and the Eagles won, they, they would give it to Minshew. They just would. I don't care yeah. if it, 18 to 15, they would say Minshew really saved the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, the value is there. I wouldn't put much on it. Again, that's another one that I wouldn't pour, put more than a dollar on. But well, Sorry. Gainwell is 6,500. Oh, okay. Pacheco's 5,000. Kadarius Tony. I If I'm going to pick one of those, I'm going to go all in on Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. 12,500. Is that the dude who could break a play or two? He might only get five touches, but he could break two big plays, and that's all anyone will talk about on Monday. He he absolutely could. The only concern I have with that is that he's coming back from an injury, and you know how easy it is for him to hurt his hamstring. And I give uh, Chad Henney's plus 15,000. 
Well, if Mahomes goes out of the game, I don't give the Chiefs any chance. But you could say the same thing if if Hurts uh, comes out of the game. I think the Eagles' chances diminish severely, but I think the gap between Minshew and Hurts is a lot smaller than Henny and Mahomes. Henny led a 98-yard a, a touchdown drive against the Jaguars in the playoffs. He did. I don't, I don't want to take a ton of credit away. He's he's won them a playoff game before when Mahomes has gone down. Um, so he's not terrible. He's a serviceable backup. But I don't see the Chiefs. I don't see a path to victory for them if Mahomes goes out of that game. I'm just saying, if both quarterbacks go down, <laughs> I would rather lean on Chad Henney than Gardner Minshew because Gardner remember Gardner Minshew got shut out essentially mm-hmm. at home by the Saints. Yeah. And this was after he had two full weeks of practice in. Mm-hmm. Chad Henney actually looked like that he that he knew the playbook. Well, Henney, Henney's a quality backup. He's good. He's come through in big moments. But uh, yeah, I, I, that'd be a that's a long shot. That's a big long shot. The problem with Daniel Jones is he reminds me more of Chad Henney than he does Patrick. <laughs> You're talking about giving forty million a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. If I'm you gave Ed Henney some wheels, you essentially have Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones might be closer to me than he is to Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Super Bowl MVP. We'll we'll put that one on the back burner. Record the most sacks. I could see Hassan Reddick getting that. Well, he's the favorite plus uh, three seventy five. I like that. I like that a lot. Chris Jones is five hundred. Frank Clark is seven fifty. <sighs> Chris Jones doesn't get a ton of sacks. I think he only got his first sack in the playoffs um, last, well, the AFC Championship game. Um, he could have a huge game, but I, I like 375 for Reddick. I think that's good value. What about Fletcher Cox, 2200? Mm, it's well, if an if a Eagles defensive tackle is going to do it, I'd be more likely to think it's Hargrave. Um, but I mean, Fletcher Cox has the experience. I guess there's potential there. It's not bad uh, value at 2200. You want to put a dollar on it? A dollar? Oh my I'm Sean. Not putting. What do you want me to do? Put a hundred dollars on Fletcher Cox to lead the game in sacks? and Steven, they text me with 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 seven ten team parlays and and they've put fifty cents on. I'm like, would you quit? <laughs> would you quit eating up my data for just nonsense? <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Sean, Sean's the worst about it. Sean will have this like have this parlay like the length of your arm, but then you'll notice in the corner that he's literally put like a dollar on it. Like, what are you? What am I looking at here, man? If you win, you get what? Like a free cheeseburger somewhere? I mean, come on. If you're gonna, four for four. Oh, here's a crazy one. No sacks recorded. Two thousand. Nah, nah. Some yeah, honestly, if I was gonna take any of them, I'd probably take that one. I would take. I'm going. I don't think it's gonna That's happen. my favorite one. I'm granted. I'm a big Hassan Reddick fan. I love what he did in his last year in Arizona, and I still am furious at the Cardinals for letting him walk. But um, I, I so I am a little biased, yes. But I think Reddick's gonna lead the game in sacks. Dominican Sue's thirty five hundred. Of course, mm. that also that also happens to be his weight and age. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Color liquid of the of the winning Super Bowl team. We've talked about mm. this. All week. So if is you that go like the Gatorade, go lime green yellow, which is a combo. Any, any of those are right. 
that's the leader in the clubhouse. So you don't get a whole lot there. You're, you're that talking, that's just plus 140. If you want to actually make some hay, the blue and the orange, they're 250. The red is 600. It's really surprised me that the red is 600 because it's a very popular flavor and the Kansas City Chiefs, if they were to win, we would think would have red. That would make sense. Is this for Gatorade or what? It says liquid. Or liquid. Well, I think red red's I, a pretty well, popular Powerade color. So. Right. I... If you did clear slash water, whatever it ends up being, because you know they have clear flavors, it's plus eight hundred. Like I don't know who makes the descent. You know who makes the actual decision if something is clear or is it like a light yellow? Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, who, who is the one that makes the purple's plus twenty twelve hundred? But I don't know if I've ever seen someone dump purple before. No, no. I would if look if you think the Chiefs are going to win that game, I would. Get in on uh, the red. The That's red what I, the reason why red, excuse me, yellow and green, lime, why it's the favorite is because it represents both colors of both teams, right? You yeah. got the Chiefs and green for the uh, for the Eagles. But at the same token, if you went clear, that's Eagles ish. Mm-hmm. They're green and white. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I, I, I go purple unless the Vikings or the LA Lakers <laughs> end up in the Super Bowl. Um, who's what's a purple uh, AFC team? Is there one? I don't think there is. Not that I can think of. I mean, I'm maybe if you no. maybe if you mash together the Buffalo Bills at blue and red, that's purple. Or maybe maybe the the Broncos if they made it they'd go purple because that's kind of close to navy blue well they're orange and blue so it'd probably be one of those but i don't know yeah. well they have a dark blue though so maybe they'd go purple you will be shown first america the beautiful minus 245 is the leader with travis kelsey aj brown plus 180 and what's this again who will be shown first while they are playing oh. america the beautiful hmm. I, are you betting on one or the other because why, why yeah. are the Cause I guess they'll probably pan the entire sideline. I'd go, I'd go Kelsey. Would are they, are they going to show Andy Reid or Nick or Nick Sirianni first? Andy Reid. Yeah, he's just five. Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Minus a clean sweep for the Chiefs. Or you can the Chiefs staff or the Eagles staff. Mm. Well, if they're showing one sideline first, uh, I guess I'm going all in with the Chiefs there. I think I think I would go Chiefs staff because there there could be rumblings about Eric Bieniemy being interviewed or something like right before kickoff. Yeah, that's true. Let's see another goofy one real quick. Will the will the team will Kansas City? Win the coin toss and the game. It's plus two seventy five. Um, well, that's just that, that comes down to fifty fifty odds, pretty much. I don't know if I uh, trust that. I already don't trust them enough to put money on to win the Super Bowl, but um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd stay away from that. Let's steer clear. Well, the Eagles, if they win the coin toss, the game is plus two thirty. Mm. 
Mm, I, I think the Chiefs will win, but if I, I'm not parlaying the two. I'm sticking with just Chiefs money line here. Will will the team that calls the coin toss in Super Bowl Fifty Seven be correct? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a minus one hundred five. I actually thought it would be more difficult odds. We we got to take a quick break. Top of the hour. We come back. We're going to do cool games. There's a twist to it this week. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country. Keep it locked in here on ninety nine point one FM. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Tiger Woods has committed to next week's Genesis Invitational, he announced on Friday. Quote, I'm ready to play an actual PGA Tour event next week. Woods Foundation serves as the Genesis Invitational organizer. He was in the L.A. area for the event February 2021 when he suffered a major leg injury in a car crash. He played only three full events, all majors, in 2022, finishing in 47th at the Masters before withdrawing from the PGA Championship after the third round and missing the cut at the Open. The Dominican Republic punched their ticket to the Caribbean Series Championship game. They downed Mexico 8-3. On the other side, Venezuela took out Colombia 7-5. The two will face off tonight at 6.30 Eastern while Colombia and Mexico are in the consolation game. The WBC Classic begins in just three weeks. The association takes center stage Friday night with a doubleheader on ESPN. Charlotte is at Boston at 7.30, and the Cavs are at the Pelicans. Great matchup of two upstart teams in the NBA this year. That game is at 10 p.m. Other games around the league, Timberwolves at the Grizzlies, Suns at the Pacers, Knicks are at the 76ers, Jazz travel to Toronto. Late night has Mavs at Kings and Bucks at Clippers. College basketball, top 20 action as Xavier is at Butler. Xavier 11 and 2 on the year, trying to avoid upset from the Bulldogs, who are 3 and 10 overall. And at 6 Eastern on ESPN2, Kent State is at Buffalo. On the plus, you've got Marist at St. Peter's and Fairfield at Ryder at 7. Also on the plus at 7 o'clock, Quinnipiac at Niagara, Siena at Mount St. Mary's, and Iona at Canisius. 8 Eastern on ESPN2, St. Louis at Dayton should be a good one in the A-10. While at 9 o'clock Eastern, New Mexico, having a good year out in the Mountain West, will try to take advantage of a down year by the Air Force Falcons. And your late tilt at 11 o'clock is Fresno State at Nevada. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on youtube.com at Braves Country. Uh. 
Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites. I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites. Here you go. Yes. Entenmann's Little Bites muffins. The perfect portion of happiness. Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there, for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch, Tuesday and Friday nights, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. I don't believe what I'm saying. Well, you've been all your lives. And an orgy? Listen to Mick Jagger music and bad-mouthing your country, I bet. Use your peripheral vision. Understand? Yes, sir. Now, every time I say understand, I want the whole group to say, yes, sir. Understand. Yes, yes sir. Understand. Yes, sir. Now, I know why most of you are here. We're not stupid. Before you get to sell what we teach you over at United Airlines, you get to give the Navy six years of your life, sweet pea. Lots of things can happen in six years. Another war can come up in six years. Are you listening? Welcome back. There's a weather advisory for the Newton, Georgia, Atlanta area. Possible rain mixed with snow later on this evening. Which is interesting because the degrees of temperature doesn't look like it's going to drop low enough for that. But that's what the advisory is showing me on the on the weather channel's uh, map. So I don't know what to I don't know what to make of that because it, Bobby, it says it's going to get down to about 40 degrees. Well, last time I checked, freezing was uh, 32. <laughs> so I don't know how yeah. the, I don't know how that's going to work out, but just be advised of that uh, for those who are out there traveling around. Uh, we're about to get some uh, rain here in the Jacksonville area sweeping across. I don't think it's anything that threatening. It's, it's that time of year from about February till about Oh, we'll say beginning of November where it rains every day in Florida. So, yeah, there's that. Okay. Cool games. Now, look, it's very obvious what the cool game is of the weekend, right? So I didn't think that was even worth bringing up because everybody knows that Celtics-Hornets tonight is the game that you're going to get locked into. No, obviously, Super Bowl uh, 57. Um so around that, as you're waiting for the rest of the of the, if you while you're waiting for that game to unfold Sunday night, 
got to do something with your time. So I told Bobby to, to grab one game that he's most interested in. And then I would do the same. And then we'll kind of look at some of the others. So I'm interested to see which, what's the one game that you chose. I'm going to the NBA slate tonight. I got a later game. I got Kings versus Mavs. Um, obviously, Luke is going to be out tonight, unfortunately, but we could see Kyrie's second game in Dallas. Um, we could see a Mavs team that's been great this year. They've exceeded all expectations. They're actually competitive in the West, um, so it could have some long-term implications on uh, the seeding when it comes down to it in the playoffs. So I think it could be an interesting game, and I look forward to see how Kyrie does in the second game. Now, with that trade, who who is your final four in the NBA? I got the Mavs and the Suns, both teams that were active at the deadline. You're drinking the Kool-Aid, okay. I am, yeah. I think I think the Suns will get it back together. I've never bought into the idea that they were this season was a lost cause. Booker's been out for a while. I think when he comes back and that team gets back into a rhythm, they'll be fine. Uh, they'll make the playoffs with no problem, and I think they'll make a deep run. And then for the Mavs, they already got Luka, who's fantastic. They already are having a solid season. And then they add Kyrie to go along with that. I think it'll be an exciting matchup, and I'm hoping to see that in the Western Conference Finals. And See the helps. problem with putting problem with putting the Mavs and Kings is the cool game tonight is it's not it's not on television. <laughs> yeah, well, that and it's not on until like ten Eastern time. So yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible for the average Joe to watch that game because there's <laughs> double header on ESPN tonight. But the late game tonight is I just had it in front of me, uh, Cavs versus Pelicans. Ugh. So you've already lost that argument. It can't be a cool game if it's not even on TV. Hey, man, I, I didn't say it was ESPN or whatever school game. I said it's my cool game. Well, how is the average person going to be able to watch this? There's websites. I won't, I won't get into it. You can, you can find ways to find it online. You can buy the NBA pass. There's a way to download something and get a virus. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Look, man, if you want to watch the game, I'm not advising it. I'm just giving you options. At least you didn't pick Lakers-Warriors the no. Saturday night game. I saw that. No. Uh, and I'm not buying into what the Lakers have done at the deadline. I don't think it's going to change their outlook. There's on the six season. games under 500. They haven't done anything. They, should, they shouldn't be the national game of the week on ABC yeah. Saturday night, leading into the Super Bowl, going up against a really big UFC card, right? Yes, sir. Not, not the greatest card, but a, a fantastic main event. Right. That shouldn't be the game. Mm-hmm. They could have come up with a lot. Obviously, months and months to, to pre-plan it. So as far as what's going to be played tomorrow, that's not really the argument. The argument is they could have set something else up. I mean, look, tomorrow night, are the Mavs and Kings playing back-to-backs? Maybe. Showing Mavs and Kings tomorrow night as well. They might be playing a back-to-back. Unless, they, uh... So it's in, it's in Sacramento mm-hmm. tonight. Is it yeah. in Dallas tomorrow? No. Why, why are they playing back-to-back? Something's wrong here. They're playing two games back-to-back? I can't I can't fathom what, why that would be. I didn't know they did back-to-back at the same arena. I thought they, they, would... they typically don't. Yeah. Really strange. I almost wonder if something had gotten postponed, if, if it's like a makeup date from something else. Mm, you possible. know, maybe, we haven't had the COVID situation this year, but maybe – well, I mean, it's Sacramento. I can't imagine it was snowed out, but, but I mean, if it's <laughs> going to snow, if it's going to snow here in Georgia at forty degrees, I guess it can snow anywhere. Uh, yeah. 
All right. Whatever. Uh, okay. My cool game, I'm going to college basketball. And I think the one of all the ones, and there's a lot to, to, to cherry pick from tomorrow. But I'm looking at the the one that probably has the best best chance of being an interesting game as far as it's hard to believe, but tomorrow we have just one. Is that right? No. Okay. I'm sorry. There's two games that are top 25 showdowns tomorrow. That's it. Wow. Now almost everyone's in action, but, but to have two, now that's pretty strange this time of year. Mm -hmm. So to me, it really comes down to Baylor TCU or the one that I'm actually picking. What time is this one at the Baylor TCU, but by the way, is is at four o'clock. And this is the only reason why I'm a little hesitant to pick it because I hate the time period of it. It's two o'clock tomorrow on Fox, but mm -hmm. UConn Creighton, that should be a great ball game. Mm -hmm. That's my number one game of the weekend. Obviously okay. not counting the Super Bowl. Because yeah. a bunch of duds on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not counting this as a game, perhaps, but I will say uh it's a late card tomorrow. It's at it starts at eleven Eastern time, the UFC two eighty four card. You got pound for pound number one and pound for pound number two fighting. So definitely right. worth watching. Right, but that's not a game, right? Yeah, so. that's, I, that's why I won't count it as a game. I will advise anybody who may want to start you watching UFC, this might be the one to watch. Yeah, I don't get into you know into the weeds with that because then at that rate, we're going to have to go into the world of boxing. We're going to have to get into <laughs> all these things. The next thing you know, Joey and Tones are going to want to bring up wrestling, and then that's where I'm <laughs> out. Uh <laughs> It's like no man. I'm not well, at least kidding. Penn State's good at wrestling. I'll, I'll give them that. Not wrestling. Like they watch wrestling. Oh, oh that that I'm okay. okay. We're talking the. No, no. Yeah. What are you gonna do when these pythons get a hold of you, brother? <laughs> that kind of stuff. professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Now, now, college Greco-Roman wrestling. That mm -hmm. that's a sport. That's a. I mean, that's like of a sport. I wrestling is a very well put together event, but it's, but it's not a sport. So you have to be athletic to do it. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to see a bunch of fat dudes, you know, <laughs> so you have to be athletic to do it, but it's not a sport. Yeah. A sport. You have to be stopping someone legitimately or trying to stop someone legitimately. Mm -hmm. Um, now there are some other games of interest and I'm going to throw some at you real quick. The first one that jumps out at me is in the Southeastern Conference tomorrow, 2 o'clock Eastern. Number three, Alabama is at Auburn, and I think there's a chance for an upset there. That's possible. Alabama absolutely gave it to Florida the other day. Um, that was a complete blowout. Alabama looks like the best team in the SEC right now with Tennessee kind of struggling a little bit, falling behind. Um, I guess that's possible with Bama being on the road, but I think Bama would probably win that with how they're playing right now. I find it interesting that the spread's only two and a half. That's low. Because Auburn struggles to score, and Alabama's the highest scoring team in uh, the SEC. But yeah, well, a road game, and it is a rivalry game. That's why I'm giving them a chance. It would have been my cool game 
but they're they're both not ranked because Auburn fell out of the top twenty five last week. And it's, once again, it's at two o'clock Eastern. I'm like, what in the mm-hmm. world are they doing? Why are so many games yeah. at two o'clock Eastern? I guess ESPN is trying to make you watch the the uh, UFC card. But usually, there's something a little more spread out. So, mm-hmm. anyways, that's one. Another one of interest. And it's got to be top 25. I'm not going to go into the weeds with teams who, who are unranked, right? Mm. There's got to at least be one team of interest. Normally, Kansas, Oklahoma, but Oklahoma is mm. abysmal this year, so I'm not going there. Yeah. Another one of interest, see if they can rebound a little bit. Rutgers is at Illinois. Rutgers, number 24 in the country. They're 8 and 5. Illinois, 7 and 5 in the Big Ten. I don't think you okay. can consider that a cool game, though. Uh, probably not something I'd be tuning into, but you know, if you're big in the college basketball scene, that's that's your. Uh, what about that's four you Eastern? The Duke Blue Devils are at number eight, Virginia. That might be interesting. I know Duke isn't quite what they used to be, but um, I guess potential upset there, ACC matchup. Um, that might be something I'd tune into if I'm, you know, scrolling along and I see them. Might check it out. Baylor TCU should should be a good game. I just don't know if there's a lot of buzz for a lot of people caring about that in the Southeast. Yeah. This should be a decent matchup. Missouri is six and five in the SEC. Tennessee hosts them at eight and three. Tennessee has been reeling past yeah. couple of games. Mm-hmm. They played terribly against Auburn. They lost to Vandy. And I believe they were a 10 point favorite that night. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. that's a got to get healthy game for for the Volunteers. They are they're struggling, and they were I think they were as high as number two in the country, right? At one point, they were last last yeah. week when they got mm-hmm. upset by Florida. Did you yeah. see, by the way, that late in the game of the Alabama Florida game that was it was trending on Twitter uh, <laughs> when Alabama was up by like thirty on Florida, they started doing the uh, Florida State tomahawk chop. Oh no, that's just sad. All these Gator fans are like trash and floor. Say, "Well, like we haven't done anything, man. It was not. We haven't done a thing. We're just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm laughing. Y'all basketball team suck. Like, well, yeah, I know. I know our basketball team. <laughs> you guys are trolling us, though. It's that's what. Fans. That's honestly what makes it even funnier, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> I guess they figured out how to get in our heads. It makes sense. Yeah, they were they were doing the chop and the chant at the same time. I was like, wow. Here's a fun one. A team that started off slow, Indiana at Michigan. Six o'clock ESPN. And Indiana, they took down Purdue last week. They're playing good basketball, but Michigan's playing much better. And now they've worked their way onto the bubble. Mm-hmm. That's a big game for Michigan, uh, given that they are on the bubble. Um, that might be something I'd tune into. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, plan my whole day around it, but that might be something I'd check out considering what's at stake for Michigan. I'll tell you a game that people should be locked into, but they probably won't be because it's West coast teams, a very good matchup tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. Oregon is hosting number seven, UCLA, Oregon beat. Southern Cal last night, like a drum 78 to 60. 
Oregon has been playing really good basketball and UCLA, Oregon, that is a that that is must see TV for me, but I'm a really big college basketball fan. So I don't know if every I don't know if that really qualifies as a cool game, but I'm definitely gonna be locked into it. I can tell you that right now. And there's one more that this is just upset city. Keep an eye on this, but you know, don't go crazy because it is 10 o'clock on the deuce. BYU, who is solid this year, they travel to number 16, Gonzaga. Mm. Did you watch that Gonzaga St. Mary's game last weekend? I didn't know. Absolute collapse. Gonzaga oh. dominated that game. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is St. Mary's was a small favorite. It was like a possession favorite, like three, three and a half, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm watching it because I had taken St. Mary's on the money line. I was like, well, this is a waste. My God. I'm like, I'm, I'm like watching the entire game. Like, man, St. Mary's, my God, their offense looks terrible. Somehow they come back from a double digit deficit, take it to overtime, and they cover the spread. Oh, my. I was like, chicken dinner. I'd actually gone to bed. Because they I'd were say, you're about eight points with like six minutes. I'd be up early. I was like, I can't stand for this. I'm just going to check it in the morning. And I was like, how bad they lose go? They won. They yeah. had to win and cover the spread. I'm like, ah, overtime, baby. Overtime. Uh, right, where are we going for your lock of the, of the night? My lock of the night. I got the Pacers minus two and a half against the Suns at home. Uh, I know everybody's probably throwing money at the Suns right now, but they don't have Booker. He's still out. He's nursing an injury. Uh, KD won't be playing tonight. Uh, campaign, he's also out there, backup point guard. And then for obvious reasons, Michael Bridges and Cam Johnson are both out for the Suns. Um, so, yeah. going to be there? What? When is KD going to be there? Um, It might be after the All-Star break. I'm not sure. I haven't quite uh, – I, I don't think there's any definite, I, there hasn't been any definite reports. I don't know. I know he's he's dealing with something with his knee right now. I don't know if that's just what they're putting on the injury yeah, he, report. Yeah, he's been injured, so I'm not expecting him to play. But I'm, I'm curious, like, what he's get, when's he physically going to be with the team? Yeah, I don't know what the timeline is. I haven't seen any like definite reports about that. So that's something. The to NBA is so lazy compared to Major League Baseball. Major yeah. League Baseball trading deadline happens at like four o'clock Eastern. Some of the guys are like walking in, walking into the clubhouse by first pitch that night. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. All well, right, at least Kyrie got straight to it. I'll give him props there. Got All right, um, I am going to give you. You're going to take that. I'm, I'm going to take Akron on the money line, minus 135. They're at Ohio. Ohio's missing a couple of players in action. And uh, Akron, I think, might be the best team in the conference. They're going to bounce back tonight, get the W. I think that game's 7 o'clock. If you're, if you're wanting to put a little uh, cheese on it, trust me. Akron, baby. Akron. Akron's, Akron's the play tonight. Akron. If you're wanting something a little more tasty, I really like Kent State at Buffalo. But I would probably do a money line parlay on Kent State and uh, Akron because the payout on on, on the single uh, money line isn't quite as great. There's a couple others that I could bore you with, but uh, I really like Fairfield tonight, Northern Kentucky. But Akron, Kent State, money line parlay, let's go. All right, brother, we will see you on Sunday's show. And uh, what is your walk off? My walk-off, Texans fans, you guys are in my prayers. Cliff Kingsbury is being interviewed for offensive coordinator to join that staff. Um, 
if that happens, AFC South, you guys are uh, lucky. Um, but he's the Texans, Texans? That's, that's, he's getting an interview for the offensive coordinator spot and uh Texans fans are pray for you. That's all I can say. Why, why would, why, why would Ryan's do, does Ryan's have so, some kind of like link to him or something? I, I don't know. Well, he also hired um, the Cardinals defensive line coach to come be defensive coordinator. So I don't know what he's doing poaching all of the former Cardinals guys, but that seems to be a strategy. Well, I, um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. About this time, two years from now, the uh, Houston Texans will be on the clock. <laughs> I would take Kingsbury in because you're going to draft a quarterback yeah. that you need to develop. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, he's not very good at doing that. It didn't go too well this time in the league. Nope. So I, I wouldn't give him another shot if I was the Texans. They keep leaning on that hole he coached. Patrick Mahomes in college. He may have coached him, but he couldn't win with him. He couldn't sure. coach him up. No, no. He was like he was the number one overall draft pick, and Texas Tech went went to the college football playoffs. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the well, logic is. The Heisman. That was Andy Reid. All right, brother. We will see you on the Super Bowl show. Have a great That's night. It. We're going to take it. a quick break when we come back. Brian Snow is going to join us here on Braves Country HD. Keep it locked in here on the key in Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. Hey, sports fans. The key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves country, the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League, and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE, The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. That? That's the sound of NyQuil Severe, hard at work. NyQuil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. So you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play -play for the Braves fans out there, for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch, Tuesday and Friday nights, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. Welcome back to Braves Country. Max McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time Welcome back. And joining us for the first time, but not the last time, is Mr. Brian Snow. 
Brian, how the hell are you, my friend? It's Super Bowl weekend, and I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. We're looking forward to this. We'll be having Brian on. Now, typically, Brian will be coming on uh, Wednesdays, 3.15 uh, Eastern. We'll be talking a lot of different sports. I'll be jumping on his show. Uh, it'll be next week. It'll be Wednesday, but going forward after that, it'll be on Mondays. We'll right. To remind all that. I'm going to put Brian's uh, station in the uh, in the chat here in a second. But um, where where can they find you if they're riding around listening and, and can't see the link? If they can't, well, the easiest way where you can find me is to search Snowman Multimedia on uh, all of my social media. That's the YouTube channel, No Space. Uh, search Snowman Multimedia. That's where you can find me. And uh, you can also listen live on uh, snowmanmultimediasports.com. Okay, and I'm going to go ahead and put that in the chat so you know, everyone want, can uh, jump in on that. And uh, like I said, Brian typically will be joining us here on Braves Country on Wednesdays. I'm going to return the favor on Mondays. Next week, I'm going to jump in on Wednesday. It's a long story that no one cares about. I can't do it my Right. Uh, but anyways, we are, we are looking forward to this partnership. And looking forward to a Super Bowl finally getting here. I don't know about you, but this has been one of the duller. It's not the. It's like I was telling uh, Bobby last hour. It's not the matchup. It's not the game that's dull to me. In fact, we don't even like great storylines. No one's talking smack. No, you know, you're not dealing with any of that. You don't have. I still think it's way too early in the game for people to be thinking about. That oh well, if Patrick Mahomes with this, he may be the goat, and all this junk that I see ESPN splatter on there. Like you're talking about a oh, guy yeah. who possibly could win his second Super Bowl. He's still five away from from mm-hmm. Tom Brady. So that's like, come on. I mean, let's stop, stop that. But the other storyline, of course, is uh, Jalen Hurts having a chance to basically silence his critics. And I still contend, if I had a vote, Jalen Hurts would have been my MVP in the National Football League this year. Let's say Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been the MVP all season long. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has just come on lately, which is usually how an MVP race is, uh, is, is decided. Because uh, if you look at the NBA 2015, no one knew who the, no one knew who the hell Steph Curry was, and all of a sudden he's being crowned MVP uh, for the Golden State Warriors, who eventually won the championship. But yeah, Jalen Hurts has been the MVP all season long, and I was covering him. So I don't know if this makes a difference, but did you know your mic is pointing straight up as opposed to right in front of your face? Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm I'm aware because. Uh, Earlier today, I'm on. I'm on location. I'm not in my studio. Oh, cool! Earlier today, I tr- I tried using my headset mic, but unfortunately, I kept running into internet problems and connection Fair problems. Enough. I don't want to do that here. I do the same kind of thing sometimes. I'm like, man, I didn't even realize. Oh, trust me. Early in my career, I always had I always had two headsets because. One of the schools I worked for was too cheap to help me get supplies. So 
I always learned to come prepared. Where are you vacationing at, Brian? I'm living in Indiana right now, and I'm at a Starbucks because I decided to go out of studio today. I figured the heck, I figured the heck with it. I'll go with it and see what happens. And uh, so far, so far, so good. We are, uh, of course. I'm I'm down here in Florida, and um, the, uh, the weather. You know what gets me? I swear, it's like. Like it's like the heavens know this every single Super Bowl. So we always have a big get together for Super Bowl Sunday. All who live around me that, that you know we become good friends with. And we always invite folks. So this year on twenty or thirty people, and without fail, and we're in Florida. Without fail, it'll be nice, warm all week leading up in Super Bowl Sunday. Cold. It's raining. It's What's cold getting- and it's raining. This Super Bowl Sunday, it's going to get down into the low 40s with the wet wind. I'm like, come on! Killing me! I know the feeling because I lived in North Carolina. My wife and I lived in North Carolina for two years. Trust me, I know the feeling. It's unbelievable. I mean, if you live in Indiana, you, you expect terrible weather, right? But yes. in Florida, you're like, come on! I mean, first of all, it wouldn't be as bad if it was cold all week. And you're like, you're just dealing with it. But it's been mm-hmm. the last seven to ten days, and I looked at I looked at the weather today to see what it would be like on on a kickoff. Like, are you kidding me? It's going to be cold and windy and wet, and they're all going to be huddled inside because we've got it set up to where folks can be in our backyard and all that kind of stuff to watch. But no one's going to want to do that at that rate. I all wouldn't right. either. All right, getting into this actual game, what is the key to this game between the Eagles and Chiefs? You, what is going to to uh, to bend either the Eagles or the Chiefs? Man, are you looking for a high scoring game? The over under fifty one. Are you looking for a lower score? I'm looking for a sixty point game. Really? Because you're talking about two of the best offenses in the NFL, the Eagles and the Chiefs, and. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if both teams put 30 points on the board. But the key for me is going to be how well can that Chiefs offensive line withstand that ferocious Eagles pass rush. Because as the Eagles demonstrated two weeks ago, with an improving 49er offensive line, that pass rush was absolutely phenomenal. And the one key player for for me, for Philadelphia defensively, this is going to be Hassan Reddick. How much chaos can he cause for that Chiefs offensive line? Because if he can cause enough chaos and they get to Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be a long afternoon for the Chiefs offensive line because the Eagles, the Eagles defense is just going to keep coming. See, I'm actually thinking that now I hedged my bets a little because I took a teaser with Kansas City, taking Kansas City and – the over at the time though the the, the over under was only 48 and a half mm-hmm. and so that took it down to uh 42 and a half right mm-hmm. I, I felt like that was gettable i also feel like it's going to be a close game and if you're going to give me at the time uh kids two and a half point underdog like if, if you're going to give me half points in my pocket and patrick i'll take my chances right right then as it started to climb and it went to the 51-52 range, then I did the same thing. I still took Kansas City. I 
want that seven and a half, eight deficit. Or, uh, oh my. But then I bang the under. I don't know if it's going to quite get to that 60. I kind of want I feel like the Chiefs are going to have a hard time moving the ball. But I also feel like the Chiefs' defense is a little underrated. And you've got to team, regardless, regardless how it plays out, the Eagles want to run the ball. They want to eat the clock. And that's going to play into big time when you're, if you, if you took the straight up over and it's sitting, I, and I honestly think by kickoff, if you, if you wait on this, y'all, by kickoff, that over is going to be 52, 53 points. It always happens on Super Bowl Sunday. It climbs at least a point. You're talking about needing seven touchdowns and a field goal plus just to get the over. And the Chiefs, conversely, for them to move the ball, the Chiefs are going to to dink and dunk because, like you said, with Reddick and company coming from Mahomes, I don't think they're going to have time to sit back there and just gun it deep. I think there's going to be a lot of jet sweeps, dump-off passes, et cetera, et cetera. What the Chiefs do is they almost use the short passing game as their running game, right? And CEH is back, et cetera, et cetera. I just think both teams are going to eat up a lot of clock. It's not that they want more. It's how how quickly can they get to the end zone? Well, red zone red zone opportunities are going to be huge for both teams because they love operating within the red zone. Who will have more touchdowns and field goals in the red zone is going to be another key. I'll tell you something else that I haven't heard many people touch on, but the kicking game is going to be huge too. And you've got two really good field goal kickers, but and he's cleaned it up. But Butker did have a, a, a bit of a hiccup a few weeks back, and you're starting to think he might have got the yips. Now he cleaned it up a little bit. Um, At least Butker isn't experiencing what Brett Maher went through. No, but he was. He, it, I don't know who has done that in recent memory. But it was a little scary because you're going, man. This is a this is a Pro Bowl kicker, and all of a sudden, he, he I mean, he, he had the yips for like a game and a half. He, you know, he finally got it clear, uh, figured out before the playoffs started, and everything's been fine. I think he did miss that one field goal against Jacksonville, but other than that, he's he's been fine. Uh, you wonder if the, if this game comes down to a field goal could that end up being the decision how many punch you get you, you think we get in this game less than 5 oh yeah 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 i was thinking the over under on that's got to be 2 2 and a half something like that and it's good. it's going to be less than 5 because as we both talked about and you've talked about throughout the show two dynamic offenses two very dynamic offenses with that two dynamic quarterbacks it, you look Less than five points for this game. I also believe you got two head coaches that, that like to go for it. So if it's fourth and manageable, and as long as you're not sitting on your own 20, I, there's a good chance that Andy Reid and Sirianni are both going to go for it. Especially Nick Sirianni. I mean, that's the way he's, he's gambled all year. I mean, that's play against San Francisco that ended up being a long completion to Devontae Smith, which actually wasn't a completion, but that's water under the bridge. That should give you a clue right there of what uh, Kansas City is going to be up against. If it's like fourth and two or fourth and three 
and they're within scoring range. And I say scoring range for both teams are inside the opponent's 50-yard line. They're going to go. Well, you know, conversely with that, the other thing I would put out there too is, okay, so he he's lived a charmed life so far in the playoffs. What happens if he rolls the dice like he did against San Fran, but the correct call is made and he doesn't convert it? He gives Mahomes a short field. And the next thing you know, Philadelphia is behind one or two scores and Hertz has to open it up. That's why I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm not going to give my lock pick of the game until the Super Bowl show on Sunday afternoon, but I'm starting to lean towards give me the chiefs and the points because I have more faith in Mahomes being able to come from behind than I do Hertz and company. Not that they don't have, I, do you also believe that possibly Hertz's shoulder isn't a hundred percent? Like it's, yeah. Well, that his his shoulder is not going to be a hundred percent until the off season because if his shoulder was fully a hundred percent, they would have thrown the ball thirty five times against San Francisco at least. And so you wonder now he's had two more weeks, and I get that. Of course, Mahomes has two with the ankle. I. It, it, it would concern me if I'm an Eagles fan, if they got behind early, what will they continue to run? Will they continue to stick, stick with their game plan or new guy in the Super Bowl? Does he, does he get out of character because you're not going to throw anything at Andy Reid that he hasn't seen before. And I still think yeah, you're Mark, right about that. Mark, you're, right, you're right about that. What, what hasn't Andy Reid seen? Especially when it when it comes to the Super Bowl, what what's he going to see this time that uh, hasn't been thrown at him, or that Nick Sirianni hasn't thrown at an opponent? I've got a prediction on something that I think Andy Reid's going to do. You ready for this? Hit I, me. I think he's going to throw a Philly special at at Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if half of his book was full of gadget plays that. He saved, especially for the Super Bowl. But there will be at least three trick plays tried in this game. At least three. Oh, yeah. I th- and I think Kansas City probably has two of them, but I do f- I do think Philly's going to have something you know, bag of that. I, I don't think Sirianni will, will do a Philly special because I don't think he, he wants to be in the shadow of, of uh, Peterson. Plus, if it were to fail, then you know, the, the Philly fans would kill him. But uh, I do think there's going to be something involved there. There's going to be, uh, you know, flea flicker, something, some kind of end around. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Devontae Smith thrown some passes. I know he did back in Alabama, but I think he's done it in, in Philly as well. He's thrown a couple of passes in Philly. There could be a, a throwback, a flea flicker, like you mentioned. But there's going to be some gadget plays in this game, and the gadget plays could either open or close the scoring in this game. Yeah, now, exactly. Like, everyone always thinks of the gadget plays. Oh, man, that's going to be a huge play for it. It could also be a turnover. It could be a disaster, right? You could have a running back that just freaks out and wants to throw the ball because it's the Super Bowl and and just air, you know, throws a a balloon up, up into triple coverage. 
man, I've seen so many crazy ways to win and lose a Super Bowl over the years, and I've seen it happen with trick plays, i.e. Tom Brady's Super Bowl 52 and the Patriots. Them not being able to execute their trick play in Philadelphia has. Philadelphia was. Of course, that's the famous Philly Philly. A trick play can win or or lose you the game. And it's like you said, some, uh, some end rounds or maybe a fake punt in this game. But the gadget plays are on both sides of the ball. It's just going to be a question of who has the nerve to pull the first one out. And I usually what happens is there's a race to the first trick play, right? Because you feel like if you're the one that pulls off the first trick play, your counterpart's less likely to do it, which I don't know why that is, but that's always been the the you know the mojo of coaching is that if you pull off the trick play early, you're the the coach from from across the sidelines may not run his. I don't know why that is, but it does tend to be true. Yeah. You, you know a coach that I admired that didn't have any problem pulling out trick plays in the Super Bowl because he ran a couple of them? Bill Parcells. Yeah. Well, he, you, you know, what's funny about him is he was on, uh, so I'm a big Florida State fan and, uh, you know, Bowden's career and whatnot. Bowden and Parcells were on the same uh, coaching staff at Florida State years ago as assistants. And, they stayed good friends over the years and it wouldn't surprise me if he might've had some, you know, some conversation with him about that kind of stuff. Cause about what's funny when Bowden first took over the program, he was constantly running trick plays. And then when they became a powerhouse, he was asked later down the road, we, you don't run the end arounds anymore. And, and all the different trick plays he goes. That's because I've got the athletes where I don't have to do it anymore. I used to have to do it to move the ball. Now I don't have to do it. I I can remember the first 10 years of, of his entire career there. An end around was not really considered a trick play because they did it so much. There was constantly a reverse. The only way, the only way it was a trick play is, is if, is if he didn't hand the ball off, if he kept it and, and kept running. Right. But as far as the NFL, you, you see him play a little more close to the vest, but yeah, Parcells was, uh, you know, Parcells. People don't think about it, but but Bill Belichick has never been scared to. Th- I, I'll tell you, someone who was a boring coach overall, but what ran a ton of trick plays was a uh, Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher of the yeah. time, he was constantly, yeah. he, and you don't think of him. You always think he was a button-down, boring defense, running the ball, et cetera, et cetera. But if you blinked, Jeff Fisher would do a fake punt in a heartbeat. You know, another coach who was considered boring but also would run a fake or run a, a, a trick play in a heartbeat, George Steeper. Yes. Very, very underrated coach in the in the history of the NFL, I believe. Seaford was the first coach to ever win 14 in his first season. That, of course, was 1989. And took the 49ers all the way to the Super Bowl and won it, you know, January 1990. So, as you say, a very underrated coach. That was the uh, blowout versus Denver, right? 55 to 10. Yeah. That was one of the worst Super Bowls ever. <laughs> I remember everyone being excited. 
Elway, Montana. Uh, you know what? So many kids who hear about how Elway's greatness is, they have no idea for the first 75% of his career, everyone looked to him as a choke artist. And then he got well, the, the game. Well, the Super Bowl against, against Briscoe, um, I told this story on my show, and I'll tell it here. My cousin asked me, does Denver even have a chance? And before he could complete his question, I said, no. There's no way he's going to win. There's no way Denver's going to win the Super Bowl. And he says, you think it's going to be that bad? I said, yes. And 49ers are my team. And he says, how can you be so sure that Elway doesn't have a victory inside of him? I said, well, look at him. Right after that blowout, I get a package um, that uh, my cousin George sent me. And I turn it over, and I see the note, 55 to 10, are you kidding me? And so I called him later that day, and the only question I asked was, did you look at him? Yeah, they, you know, the first several Super Bowls, or several, first few Super Bowls he was in, they weren't competitive because he was blown out by the Giants as well. The Giants didn't blow anybody out. The, blind, the, the Giants would just bludgeon you to death and pr prevent you from crossing the 50. But they, but they normally did. I, I want to say they hung 37 on them that day. 39. 39 to 20. Super Bowl 21. 39, okay. And it's, it's like you said, they would bludgeon you to death because they'd hold on to the ball for 40 minutes. Right. But that's one thing that's always lost when people talk about the greatness of Elway is like, man, I, what I remember of Elway is the beginning of his career. The, the majority of his career, he, he was a laughing stock as, as far as not a laughing stock. Everyone knew he was going to the hall of fame, but they would always go, but he can't win the big one. I mean, he, uh, he would always beat Cleveland to get to uh, the Super Bowl, beat them three times, 87, 80, uh, excuse me, 86, 87, 89. Right. But when he got to the Super Bowl, he got blown to smithereens. It's funny, as we're talking about that, Doug Williams is on the screen. I believe it's NFL Network. I don't know. They have so many screens going. But that's another one where they got smoked. Was that 35 to 10? And, and they gave up, uh, or I'm sorry, it was 42 to 10. Red, Redskins gave up 10 points in the first quarter on the first two possessions. Right. And then, and then the second quarter happened. Right. And that was that. Right. Williams and company put 35 on him in the second quarter. I, at that, you know, I was a kid. I was like, I, you've never seen anything like that. We, we really haven't seen anything like that since 35 points in one quarter of the Super Bowl. And to top it off, like you said, they started out, they were up 10 nothing. And everyone thought that that was the one where everyone's like, they're going to get it together. They're, this is it. I'm trying to remember. They called the wide receiver crew uh, the posse. Gary Clark, Gary Clark, Art Monk, and Ricky Sanders. They were the posse. No, no, no. I'm talking about the uh, the uh, the Broncos. Oh, that's uh, John Elway's son, uh, Steve Watson, Vance Johnson. Um, who else do they have? Ricky Natil out of Florida. Ricky Natil from uh, Florida. Um, they, they were trying to build them because the Redskins 
famously the offensive line was the hogs. The, the, the receiving crew was the fun bunch and they were trying to build them and they fell flat. I mean, absolutely flat. Well, they got bludgeoned in the second quarter. They got absolutely bludgeoned. And plus the Redskins at the time didn't run three, three wide receivers. They ran two tight ends. Right. Clint Didier and, um, Excuse me, Clint Didier was one. Don Warren was the other out of San Diego State. And also in that <clears throat> in that whole game right there, the, the one thing that I always think of is is the guy that we you really never heard of before or since Timmy Smith, right? So <laughs> it's like out of nowhere. only running back, only running back in Super Bowl history with a two hundred yard game. Right, it's just unbelievable, and like he never did anything after that. By then, I was already playing fantasy football, and I can remember him going early in fantasy football drafts the next year. And I'm like, "Are, are y'all nuts? Like this guy had one game, <laughs> and they're everyone's like fighting to get him for him. I'm like, all right, man, you go ahead and do that. I'll go ahead and take Roger Craig or you know one of these other guys that they, that I know is going to put up the number. Why but, isn't Roger Craig in the Hall of Fame? Considering how low the bar is for the NFL, it really is absurd. There was a time. If you, if you can celebrate Christian McCaffrey having a thousand thousand season, if you can celebrate Marshall Falk having a thousand thousand season, and they elected him to the Hall of Fame, what about the guy who originated the thousand thousand season, Roger Craig? That one dumbfounds me, uh, because the NFL Hall of Fame—it's not quite as easy to get in as the basketball. But but the NFL Hall of Fame has a much lower bar than what MLB does. And for him not to be in is a little it's a little strange. It's a travesty to me. And speaking of travesty, well, especially I'm going that he played. Because in the era that he played, you, you didn't have that. You sure didn't. You didn't have running backs that could that could catch out of the backfield, period, but you dang sure didn't have one that could do it and also run between the tackles. What I always think of him is the high legs through the hole, but it is absurd, and I'm surprised that he hasn't been put in on some kind of senior committee. Well, they, they had him on the senior ballot a few times, and they voted him off. They didn't vote him in. And I thought for sure with the senior committee, they, they'd get him in. Yeah, I, that's, that's one right there that escapes me because there are, there's at least one guy every single year that gets in the NFL Hall of Fame that you roll your eyes and go, all right, well, whatever, man. It's the NFL Hall of Fame. It's really not that big a deal. Um, the basketball one, I don't even pay attention to anymore. I'm more shocked when I find out someone isn't on, in the Hall because they're, they're all in the Hall of Fame. If you if you can dribble the ball in your driveway, you end up on the ballot. So it's just the basketball hall of fame to, to me is a joke. And of course, they always come back with, "Well, well, this isn't the NBA Hall of Fame. This is the the basketball." So it's yeah, the pro the pro basketball hall of fame. Yeah, but the problem with the pro basketball hall of fame, a, it's mostly NBA players, and b, some of the players that get in or what a lot of today's fans think should get in right is ridiculous yeah it's it's a very low bar 
they're starting to lower the bar big time for the college football hall of fame. The past few years, I've been a little disappointed what I've seen guys come in. I'm like, man, it's not that they don't even belong in their own college hall of fame. Right. It's the fact that if we're going to have your right. hall of fame for the entire sport, the, the bar has got to be higher. It just does. And I know it probably shouldn't matter, but it matters to me. And it's probably because I'm such a big, I'm a huge baseball fan first and foremost, and it irritated me when they put Harold Baines in. He did not belong in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Very, Very Good, and he should be in the White Sox Hall of Fame. That doesn't mean that he, he belongs in the same breath. You can't put Harold Baines in the same breath as Willie Mays, Hank Aaron. I mean, come on. And this year, I'm sorry. Not rolling. Good Lord. Not belong in the Hall of Fame. If you look at his numbers, it's he's in the Hall of Very, Very Good. He's part of that, I think, is the Cardinal bias because he did spend some time in St. Louis. Yeah, it's that. And it's also because these these analytical geeks want to want to break out all these defensive metrics and whatnot. And I still say, hey, if you're going to do that, then why in God's name is Omar Vizquel not in the in the in the ML? He's the best defensive. Why is Omar Vizquel not in and why didn't he get in? Over Scott Rowland. I trust Omar Vizquel to make It's because they do the same thing. They pick and choose what they want to, want to pay attention to. They want to pay attention to, to uh, defense with Vizquel. I mean, sorry, Rowland. But then when they go to Vizquel, they say, well, he wasn't very strong. But he also played in an era where the numbers were inflated because of steroids. He didn't, he wasn't on the steroids. But yet, right before him, it's okay to put Ozzie Smith, who was a light hitting shortstop, in, who was in there for his glove. And I think he should. He does belong there because he's one of the best to ever do it. But you can't. It just it's the the inconsistency is maddening. Who is going to win the Super Bowl? What's your score, Brian? Eagles 35, Chiefs 31. It'll take a defensive stop to decide it. Oh, wow. Well, if that is true, then I hit one of my teasers, so I'll be okay with that. I'll, I'll break even. What is your walk-off for the day, sir? My walk-off is this. You're looking at a guy who faced pancreatic cancer and kicked it in that's, that is great to hear, sir. And you'll be able to catch Brian uh, once he gets back from vacation. He'll be with us uh, Wednesdays, 3.15 Eastern. And I will be this coming Wednesday. I'll, I'll be on a show at uh, 6.15 Eastern. I'll give everyone the details on that. But going forward, he'll, he'll be with us on Wednesdays, and I'll be with him on Mondays. And that's assuming that we don't have something else stupid coming up. That is right. And thank you for this. Thank you for this standing engagement. I truly appreciate it. Uh, if you all get a chance, subscribe to my channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Snowman Multimedia, and check out snowmanmultimediasports.com where you can hear and see all of my programs, all, all of my programs, because I got a couple of them that I'm working on. So I appreciate your listeners in the region, across the nation, around the world, especially via syndication, tuning in. You do a great job with Braves Country. I appreciate you and the guys for giving me this chance. I appreciate it. Well, we, we appreciate you coming on, and we're looking forward to the partnership. We do have it on the screen for people who are watching Braves Country. You can 
can go into the uh, into the uh, comments and copy and paste and, and go follow Brian. Uh, Brian, until Wednesday, man, uh, have a great weekend. And uh, my walk off is we'll see you, uh, everybody, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Sunday, Super Bowl kickoff show. And remember, Monday show, no football. We're talking nothing but baseball. Have a great weekend, y'all. Ride it. Ride it. Let's go. It's Friday, working stiffs. Everybody. Four, three, two, one. Happy weekend. <laughs> Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, the key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. September, something of a fifth of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of a fifth. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE. 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates.